gonna ask you guys that have nothing to do with video games. Uh, do you know anything about ice skating? Like the whimsical kind, not like the hockey kind. Oh, then no. <laughs> uh, I saw that movie Blades of Glory back when I worked at a theater. Does that count? Is that. Uh, you also saw I, Tanya. Oh, that movie's great. Blades yeah. of Glory. <laughs> is that like semi pro? Of ice oh, skating, nice. Absolutely. Yeah, which is. is the dodgeball of basketball <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one with yeah. everybody's favorite forgotten comedic actor, uh, Will Ferrell. No, John Heater. <laughs> though I guess Will Ferrell is also kind of Napoleon. Will Ferrell's not forgotten. No, no, he's not. Uh, that I wasn't at all a slight against yeah. Will Ferrell. I'm just saying he doesn't have the same. Power like now, oh, for sure, like yeah. like he had a couple comedies that came over the last few years that no one saw. Like they did not review well and they did not do well financially. And it's like, man, when a new Will, Will Ferrell movie came out, like you knew yeah. about it. Oh know? yeah, for sure. I mean, he still does a lot of active stuff with like Funny or Die and everything. Like, he, you know, like he's oh his Funny or Die shit. I just watched. He was in the um, between Duvernes movie. Yeah, movie. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like the southern big southern <laughs> businessman like kind of, like uh, caricature. <laughs> no, I was just watching Ice Skating. Figure skating is what it is, not. Ice skating but whimsical it's called figure skating <laughs> it's fucking fascinating how they score yeah. that game have yeah. you ever thought about how they score it no. um, that's crazy right you yeah think it's just like oh that's cool i'm actually not and, yeah. yeah well it's cool shit i'm watching it and like guys like skating all of them skate backwards or sideways which is already cool and like doesn't move okay and like lands it and then the move shows up in the top corner and then an alive like rating of the score and then it gets added to his score wait they, it's like they grade them real in real time? time so do they start at 10 and it goes down or they start at five and it goes up depending on how good or bad the or move zero? is you can gain or lose points man that's like whack. you fuck something up you lose <laughs> points so they have it, it's like a comp- apparently there was some i haven't looked into it enough yet but yeah. trust me i will know everything about it soon <laughs> but apparently some big thing happened in 2002 where they had to rework the scoring system because some cheating shit so it's like composite it's cool. like they actively real-time score you on the execution of your special moves, of which there are rules for how many and when you can do them, by the way. Huh. And then once that's done, they give you an overall score on kind of like the ballet of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. production, like there, how cool it was. And then they add that together, and that's your score. But I thought it was cool that it was like active, like it was live scoring. Yeah. Like, Well, that's so it's funny. Like you skate. Is scoring similar in... That's fucking great you yeah, mentioned that like because the guy doesn't move, okay, and like, it calls it, it's like triple toe spin, and I'm like, I wonder what that is. I looked it up, and then it's like, he does another spin, and it's like a lux, and I'm like, that looked the same. How is that not a toe thing? <laughs> oh, I look it up. It's like skating. There is, li- It's literally like Tony Hawk, and that's the oh, reason that's I brought great. this up. Yeah, it's because like- depending on which foot you leave and land on and which direction you spin and start from, it's a different trick in quotations. Man. Like, if you like spin like with your right shoulder back towards your left shoulder in that way yeah. and like land on a different foot that's a different trick than starting from your left spinning forward and landing on your other foot like <laughs> how did i wonder how i they, know yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I was like holy shit it's like skating it's like there's different moves like back the judges side, side, can but. like see those precise movements so i like, couldn't either i was trying yeah. to even google what the difference between these two spin things <laughs> were <laughs> like one's like where you just do your classic you see the spin and they land and yeah. their leg kind of like flies out like that thing is a totally different move like than like just a regular up and spin but it was just cool how they it's literally like skateboarding it's like tony hawk like yeah. they do a trick that's and great. It's like that looks good and they <laughs> rate them on their trick and that's active scoring do they manual out of it and then get a combo <laughs> it seems like it <laughs> 
Do, has there ever been a skating video game? Yeah, a figure probably. skating game that was. Oh, that I thought you were going to say, yeah, one. tons of no, idiots. No, not a skateboarding <laughs> game. I have like a figure skating video game. There has to have been. Yeah. I never played it, but there but has yeah, to have been. How come EA cool. never used all the things that they have for. Frostbite? Well, no. I meant for the NHL games. No, they, they, make just, a figure they just made game. a battleship <laughs> golfing game with that engine. <laughs> That's because the NHL engine is meant so that you go full speed. Your only way to stop is to slam into other people. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't cool. know. This sounds like the best figure skating game ever. <laughs> yeah, I just—it's very fascinating. Like yeah. I've never to so something I've always respected because of the skill and precision. Like, yeah. like I have good balance. So ice skating, like I'm not bad at it. Like I can manage. I can ice but, skate. But like to yeah, I can to do that shit is already obviously incredible. But like it's cool that there's like a really weird technical and a strategic aspect that's yeah. kind of like you wouldn't know unless you were a fan. Of I think the they they come sport. up with new moves and stuff. Like that's, yeah, the yeah. Lux thing I was talking about. That spin is named after a guy who did it first. Like, oh, that's, that's so what it's cool. named that's after. That's cool. It's called, like, <laughs> that is straight up skating. <laughs> so it's cool. It, it is literally like skateboarding tricks. Yeah, I thought like, it was really fucking like cool. The kickflip was first done by Johnny Kickflip. <laughs> <laughs> no, but unfortunately, pretty much every kickflip or trick flip trick was invented by Rodney Mullen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a beast. Cap- capitalized. Do you, you ever see, like, people are uh, are trying to collect all this old, like, VHS footage from when he used to, like, skate around, like, just, like, whatever, just, like, perform, like, crowds would gather around him. Yeah. There's a tape going around on YouTube of him in Japan. It's just an... It, oh, he's a master, the, and he's yeah. still good. He just, oh, I, just, just like, he just, he was just on a physics girl video a couple months ago, like, they were talking about the physics of the impossible, which is a trick where you wrap the board around your foot, like, yeah. and yeah. Like, yeah. they were just talking about that. And <laughs> he was on there doing it still at 50-plus years old, like, still being him. very foot technical, which is, like... Have you have you seen the the thing uh, with Tony Hawk? The uh, 50 at 50? No, 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 no. Uh, so, Tony Hawk is an was, amazing yeah. figure to follow on Twitter because he is extremely self-aware yeah. and very funny. Like, I, his, I'm pretty sure his Twitter bio just says video game character. <laughs> 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 and, like, that's really funny. But, like, he, um, he recently, like, tweeted out his phone number it was like a personal phone number I saw that uh, yeah and he yeah. was just getting in conversations with people about yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty good <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. All his, and he's, uh, he's old... still skating he's oh, still yeah, going yeah, all he's his, old... his, his kid skates too Riley yeah and his one kid is very fucking good yeah. and like better than he at least on the ground ever was yeah I mean like, he was always a vert guy he yeah, wasn't, he wasn't a, a comp- street guy competition yeah, skater yeah. which is different Would, yeah it's all based around that scoring yeah. kind of like I said figure skating but it's very um, cool. Yeah. So sorry for my long ass, but look it up. No, that's fun. Come it, Winter it Olympics. It automatically makes that shit sound way more badass. Yeah. yeah. Come Winter Olympics. It's not going to be just me getting excited about curling anymore. Now, now I'm interested. <laughs> you know, me and Austin did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. For a basketball. It was really fun. <laughs> I liked it. Curling is really fun. Yeah. Now I'm going to be watching figure skating scoring. <laughs> it's great. It's nice and cool. They give you tons of booze. <laughs> That's not how the Olympic version works. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're Canadian. <laughs> okay. So Solid Snake from Metal Gear. Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. Joel from The Last of Us. All iconic, memorable game characters brought to life with the sheer power of acting. Whether it be through their voices or motion capture or even FMV, it's pretty inarguable to say at this point that these actors have become just as vital in telling a video game story as their film and television counterparts. But what if those hardworking individuals responsible were to feel so disrespected, so underpaid, and so stressed out that they were to finally hit their limit of what they could take and say that enough was enough? 
Well, that happened in late 2016 all the way through 2017 when a large group of workers for hire, famous within the industry, took a stand and demanded to unionize. Gaming is still a relatively new medium when it comes to the masses as well as to organizations like SAG, or the Screen Actors Guild. But with massive multi-billion dollar companies out there like EA and Activision behind the wheel of some of your favorite titles, these weren't just toys for kids and niche fans anymore. Games have become huge-scale projects that take endless amounts of time and employee power to produce, many even rivaling the budget of major movies these days. Why wouldn't we treat the studios the same way? It turns out changes like this can be incredibly hard sometimes, and today we are about to find out why. This is Hot Button. I'm Randall Beatrice, here with Austin Blakesley Yo. and Chris Anantuano. At the top, if you don't like me talking about my lefty bullshit politics, then you might as well turn this fucking episode <laughs> off right now. <laughs> We're going to get into that a bit today. <laughs> so, Austin, care to explain why Chloe sounds so different in Life is Strange before the storm? Spoilers. Um, <laughs> one correction. They were unionized before this happened. Really? I'll get to it, but video okay. game voice actors, some of them have been part of SAG since the 90s. Yeah. I think it's um, just more of a... Uh, it became a very loose interpretation of what screen yes. men and screen okay. actors go. So, a little bit of a background. Randy mentioned SAG. In the United States, there are two union. There were, I should say, two yeah. unions for actors. SAG, a.k.a. the Screen Actors Guild, and AFTRA, a.k.a. the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Yeah, we went over this in my school. Um, now, video game voice actors were actually originally under AFTRA until 2012, when the two unions merged into one, since the one of them was for television and one of them was for film, and a lot of people didn't want to be members of both, and a lot of people do TV and film now. Yes, yes. There's less of a divide, so the new union that was formed was creatively called SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, they um, just stuck a hyphen in there and called yeah, it a day. Yep. <laughs> um, now, SAG-AFTRA... As a collective has been around since, like I said, 2012, it has around 165,000 members as of 2016, and as of 2016, 6,000 of those performers had credits in video games somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if you look it up, a lot of video game voice actors also do tons of animated series, cartoons, anime, a lot, a lot of, of stuff do, in a lot television. Of cartoons. Phil Lamar was in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He was Marvin. Yep. <laughs> he got his head blown off. Yeah. Is he all right? <laughs> it should also be noted that it is estimated that only 25% of people with voice credits in video games are union. So there's a lot of non-union people being hired for video games. Yeah. Probably not stars, I presume. Probably more. No, sometimes it's sometimes it's like sound. Shit. It's like sound engineers are just people that work yeah, for the company. Yeah. And not to get ahead of myself, but that number is slowly going up as we've all at least seen Death Stranding. Yes, more and people more are playing Hollywood, it upstairs right now. <laughs> more and more Hollywood actors are being offered roles, yeah. and this is where the video game industry fucked up. And I'll, I'll not to jump ahead of myself, I'll, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, but for sure, this is where the video game because you could keep hiring non-union people all you want, treating them like shit. But you hire a Hollywood actor, they know they can't be treated like shit. Yeah. Now. There is something called the Interactive Media Agreement, which was first made in the early 90s between AFTRA and a collection of video game publishers, which is constantly changing as some of them shut down and new ones come up. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, but, um, like, which publishers were... We'll talk about which ones were there during the strike. I'm not sure which ones were there in the beginning. But AFTRA negotiated their first agreement, known as the Interactive Media Agreement, with these publishers in the early 90s. And this contract sets standard rates for voice actors 
and this will be important later, based on a typical four-hour vocal session. Yeah, yeah, and that's immediately when you said in the 90s. Yeah. I was like, what was the capabilities of voice acting in video games in the <laughs> 90s compared to now? Yeah. The demand wasn't even close no, to fucking What was there. the first game? I think maybe the first time I heard a lot of voice acting in a video game might have been Half-Life? That's a good Star question. Fox 64? What was the first like, heavy voice acted <laughs> yeah. game? Yeah. I don't know. I but, couldn't um, tell you. Star Fox 64 a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, Half-Life was one my of My first thought was, like, maybe it was an RPG, and I was like, wait, all those old Final Fantasy games were yeah, not that stuff. acted, uh, you know? It wasn't until later that they picked up on that shit. Ten. Yeah. Final Fantasy Ten. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah. Metal Gear Solid had a lot of voice acting. <laughs> it did. The way that this works... And those are well-known, like... Is like Tetris, said, is that, like, just MIDI stuff, or is that a guy making this <laughs> noise? making all the sounds? <laughs> So you get paid in what are essentially four-hour chunks for your time and when this you're is a video just game flat. voice actor. Like, it's flat. No. There's a minimum, and if you are a Nolan North or a Troy Baker or a Laura Bailey or an Ashley Birch, you can okay. you can negotiate higher rates, I'm sure. People I don't know think. who you are. Yeah. And in 2005, reports say that this was about $759 per four-hour session. In 2013, that was raised to $825. I feel Somewhere like inflation would have... hundred and eight hundred twenty-five. <laughs> the recession was also between those two years. It was. You could also, if you don't want to pay your actors union rates, you could also hire non-union actors. Which I... I yeah, like you said, there are probably still plenty of games that oh, do that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Again, not to get ahead of myself, but the way it works, as I understand it, is when you make a video game, you negotiate a contract with SAG-AFTRA. And then after that point, then you can go through them to hire SAG-represented actors. Right. And you can hire people who are a part of SAG-AFTRA if you don't have a contract with SAG-AFTRA, and you can pay them non-union rates. But hmm. there are things about the union a lot of actors will refuse to take a non-union job. How much yeah. do you think Charles Martinet is getting paid? Uh, not enough. I, mean, either, I, I don't know. How, like, I, maybe I'll wait until we get more into unions, but I was going to ask if either of you have ever worked for a union ever. No. Okay. So what's interesting is that I worked at a theater chain that was in the process of trying to unionize before I left, and then I worked at a major guitar retailer. <laughs> oh, Sam Ash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the other one. Oh. And uh, there were people fighting to unionize uh, again. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Right either. when I left. And man, did the uh, company do a pretty good job of trying to suppress that Absolutely. for the employees. Especially at their range of like company size, they probably did a really good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I worked for a union for a long time. Was it, at a, was it at a well-known grocery outlet? Yes, it was. I was in a meat cutters union. Uh -huh. And off the gate, obviously, I'm very pro-union. I absolutely stand for it. And they helped me out, and they yeah. helped a lot of people not get fucked by a giant corporation. Yes, I'm about worker protection. Now, obviously, nothing is incorruptible. Yes, there is corruption <laughs> even in unions. Yeah. However, it's better to have some sort of organized defense against, you know, this big power. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and so I get why it's it's bad enough that we live in one yeah. of the at-will states, which most of them are, where yeah. companies yeah. can terminate without reason. And now. This interactive media agreement has an expiration date. You negotiate terms. A couple years later, you renegotiate terms. That's right. how it works. They negotiated in the early 90s, then in the mid-90s, late 90s, early 2000s, mid-2000s. And then in 2010, they negotiated with the current one that I said, the $825 a session with yeah. some, a couple of other small rules. And that was set to expire in 2014. 
And again, the union decided... Forgettable year. ...that renegotiations <laughs> were in order. Now, SAG is probably one of the most well-known unions. Oh, yeah, I mean, because sure. it's all famous people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Aside from, like, iron workers or truck drivers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, SAG have their own awards. SAG has protections in place for actors. They've been at this for over a century now, yeah. protecting yeah. actors. But as technology develops new forms of media pop up and then you have to negotiate new terms with whatever industry is trying to fuck these actors essentially you could probably find parallels um, between when movies first started to become a thing and then television and now games and yeah i brought up this uh, negotiation to a lot of people when i was talking about what this episode was going to be about people were asking me questions a lot of people remember the writer strike yes the tv, TV writer strike yeah. uh, it's similar to that yeah. Except that was the Screenwriters Guild. Yeah. Boy, did a lot of seasons of shows suffer. From. Yeah. That's happened twice. Didn't it Guild happen again a couple of years ago? Or Yeah, no? that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, that yeah, was yeah. like... Because there's been two in the last decade. Yeah, that was why Lost sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the only reason. Um, also, shout out to the Baseball Players Association. This that's is one not of the major video unions. game related, but absolutely look up sports strikes. Yeah. Because they are very um, interesting. Yeah. The NFL one in the 80s is very interesting. Thing. There's a lot of great videos on that one. The Baseball um, Players Union and I think the basketball one, is, they're both very strong. Yeah. But it's also like I'm torn between like supporting defense against the corporation and playing the smallest fiddle for millionaire athletes. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, that's similar that's to like SAG, That's like the screen. Yeah, that is like the screen. similar to SAG. But there are a lot of protections in place for actors, film actors, I should say, and voice actors, surprise, surprise, don't get those same protections. No. Uh, now, they have a different job, but they are, I'd say, I don't want to spoil it, but they are less protected than actors. It's because your whole body's not moving. Yeah. But when it came time in 2014 for this renegotiation to happen, they had some very important stipulations to renewing this contract with the video game publisher Collective. And one of the biggest ones came down to residuals. Now, if yeah. you don't know what residuals are, if you're Robert Downey Jr. and you're doing an Avengers movie, you can get paid $50 million or you can get paid $40 million plus a cut of the whatever the movie makes. And obviously, you're going to want to do that because Avengers made yeah. $3 billion or whatever, $2 billion or whatever. And then for every Iron Man dildo they make, Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. Yeah, you get, gets a couple cents. Yeah, you get all that stuff. Video games, That's a huge one for games because... Yeah. Video games do not pay residuals. Mm. And there are a few reasons why residuals were never really included in these contracts. Number one was that the last time this came up was 2005 when video games were a, a smaller industry small quote unquote, quote unquote yeah. industry which was worth listed about 11 billion dollars in, in 2005 where they are uh, now as opposed to <laughs> the film industry which in 2005 was worth 100 billion yeah the whole industry yeah. In 2005. And how much Avengers made in like one weekend <laughs> <laughs> this um, is pre MCU this yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, additionally games unlike movies are not really promoted I should say in 2005 we're yeah. not really promoted for we're gonna, who was in them let's say pre-Death Stranding the, <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. that's not the only example but that's just the most if you were in a video game as a voice actor in 2005 you were in the credits you weren't in the yeah. commercials it's weird um, I actually generally care a lot about like who's in what game it's sure, for yeah. sure you saw that a lot more I would say towards PS3. the end of that generation yeah, the, Xbox 360 yes yeah. Yeah. The, and, also I think Conker's Bad Fur Day might have been the first game also in 64 era that had heavy voice acting that I remember. 
That was like 2000. That was a. Yeah. Yeah, I know Perfect Dark did and yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, that was up there. Lastly, As opposed to the Banjo Kazooie, like. Lastly, game production costs are off the charts compared to movie production costs. You can pay. Robert Downey Jr. $50 million for Avengers because you know you're going to make it back. You're paying your lighting guys a normal salary. Whereas video games is like there's 4,000 people making the next Assassin's Creed. Game budgets are not what they used to be. And the game has to sell a certain amount in order to make it. Now you have server costs that you have to worry about. So you don't even get all the money back when the game is done because then you have to pay to maintain it and update it and you know how uh in 2005 the b game still existed yeah yeah this is what killed them. um as early as 2008 residuals were being talked about 2008 does that year sound familiar for any particular game is that gta 4 <laughs> it is <laughs> yes um, it is but again the contract was extended in 2010 without them but by the time 2014 had come around there wasn't one GTA 4 every 10 years. There were like 15 of them. So by 2014, video games had, in less than a decade, caught up to that $100 billion market value that the film industry yeah. had. And I think they're both way past a. that now. A Co- couple more Halos and Call of Duties later. Yeah. yeah. A couple Assassin's Creed's. We were like, hey. Mm-hmm. And residuals were becoming part of the conversation. One important case... In an interview with the New York Times in May 2008, voice actor Michael Hollick, better known as Nico Bellic, Nico! said he was paid a fairly hefty sum of $100,000 for his work in Grand Theft Auto 4. Nice. But that was over yeah. 16 months of work. It's a big script. And because he, because he got no residuals, he received none of the roughly $600 million that GTA 4 would go on to make in its first week. <laughs> um, this is in May, this interview? Is that, that game came out in, like, March, so, like, that's that how... game came out in April. This was a in month April? later. This is a yeah. month? That's, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> uh, GTA yeah. 4 has obviously made way more than that now, and... You mean GTA 5? No, 4. Oh, GTA... Oh, because 4 would just continue to yeah. be... Yeah. Which was just a beta for GTA yeah. 5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and imagine how the GTA 5 actors feel now with their game currently, uh, currently sitting at the intellectual property. Like 150 million, 115 million copies sold now. Yep. Yeah. Um, How much do you think, Dan? I bought that game personally three, three times. I bought it three times, yeah. too. Yeah, me too. 360, PS4, and then PC. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was funny, because um, when we talked about it on the Hot Coffee episode, that had, like, uh, like Samuel Jackson and stuff as, like, a character. If you want to go back and listen, that's episode two. two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what's funny about GTA V is they're not immediately recognizable, other than, I think, Michael's son is Danny Timberelli from Pete and Pete. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what about the guy who talks... Trevor, that's Trevor. fucking... He's in Westworld. Uh, yeah, he's uh, a big guy, right? Isn't he? He's like yeah. an actor-actor, though. Well, sure, First, but, but I, I, I guarantee that this is probably his most, like, financially successful oh, thing yeah, that sure. he's, like, been a part of. Uh, he looks yeah. like that character, too. He does, yeah. <laughs> he does fucking... <laughs> Have you ever seen him act like Trevor in person? Because yeah. he's just as scary. <laughs> it's it's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is point one. Point two is stunt pay. Now, obviously, as Chris made a joke about earlier, being a voice actor is not the same as being a stuntman. 
But a lot of voice actors complain about what they would call vocally stressful roles. There's a lot of screaming and stuff. There's Fucking a lot a. of screaming. Yeah. Dude, I, if I fucking play a show and then talk for 10 hours, like, to my friend... Like, there are times when I talk to you guys yeah, here you're like, and my mouth and is talk, dry and, like, and, yeah. and that's just bullshit. Well, think about, think about singers that, you yeah. know, fucking... Well, yeah. Yeah, like... And they, they have protection. Right, yeah, that's true. Because if you're playing, like, uh, there are a lot of actors in Call of Duty games, and if you think mm-hmm. about some of those, it's like... It's hours of them screaming, like mm-hmm. having to yell over all of the yeah. Because you think they're in a booth yelling, but in the game they're yelling over gunfire and explosions <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and shit. Exactly. Yeah. They talk about that a lot on that movie. With I know that voice. Oh, I think it's is that the one yeah. with? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They that, talk the about just like the general stress that it puts yeah. on your throat. Um, um, because if you job. think about it. Actors like this, you know, you're not a Tom Cruise who can do one movie and be like, cool, now I don't have to work ever again in my fucking life. <laughs> These but actors, I will so I can keep paying the Search of Scientology all the money they used to operate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's that in real estate. <laughs> and John Travolta's... Wait, never mind, he doesn't act anymore. <laughs> So I meant to say, wait, his movies don't make money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are produced by Redbox and Netflix, or, or no, Redbox and MoviePass. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of these actors jump from role to role in order to make a living. Yeah. And there is no... Probably multiple games at once and stuff. There's no OSHA regulations for your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's OSHA regulations, which is the official safety and health administration, but... Yeah, that's the people who, if you're a construction worker and you get your leg hurt, you know, there's like... Oh, wait, did you say OSHA? Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to think about how, uh, whether or not David Miscavige is going to come after Hot Button. (laughs) God, please. (laughs) I worked in hazmat for a long time. Oh, yeah. So I'm very big part of the industry of regulations, which is where all these, like, things come from. And it's funny, OSHA is for, to make sure, like... Your fucking fans aren't falling off the ceiling and banging your people in the head. Like they, you, they make sure like all your equipment is safe and your rules that you have to follow to keep your employees okay. safe. Yeah. Are you forklift train? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I can drive a forklift backwards down a mountain, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm a pro. Can you do a wheelie? Absolutely. <laughs> I can um, flip a dime onto a forklift, and I have. Really? Oh yeah. It's that's, that's way easier than you think. Right. I never tried it. So it's pretty cool though. But uh. Yeah, if you think about, you know, somebody like Troy Baker, who does, like, five video games a year, if he throws out his voice... That would stop him from working for a while. stop him from working, yeah. and there's nothing to say, like, hey, you should, you know, I was screaming as the fucking Joker, and now I can't get a job, so you gotta pay me, like, medical benefits or Yeah, right. Mark Hamill did it, and then he just disappeared after that. Yeah. <laughs> he's an amazing voice actor, Mark Hamill. I have no idea how he's not... I was just talking yeah. about how he disappeared in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that would have done better. Sorry. (laughs) And in addition to this, not only is there vocally stressful roles, but now motion capture, you're essentially a stuntman. Yeah. You know, Naughty Dog and Rockstar games. When when Norman Reedus trips and falls in Death Stranding because I'm carrying 120 pounds (laughs) on my back, they had to mocap for Norman Reedus falling. So just hooked him off a cliff with a bunch of packages. (laughs) All right, looks good, Norman. Are you sure, Kojima? Yeah, yeah, trust me, it's for the game. (laughs) Now get up. (laughs) I think Kojima just wakes up every day and goes, "Man, everybody's an idiot." Like, I shouldn't be allowed to do what I do all the time. <laughs> the long, He's in it for the long con, yeah. yeah. But, you know, 
essentially at this point video game actors are actors that you know yeah. sometimes they're voice actors absolutely so like, the, the behind the like, scenes stuff in the last of us yeah, is wild the Do you last think of it, us it's like uncharted behind the scenes yeah. is literally like it, on a sound stage basically making a movie it like, looks like behind the like the scenes of any like super oh, yeah. large budget like hollywood film it's incredible yeah. Finally, it doesn't just have to be Andy Serkis doing every broadcasting <laughs> in Hollywood. Exactly. Now everybody gets he, a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, the last of the three points that they wanted. This one I thought was, yeah, it was crazy. Was which, the transparency concerns they have, which is... We all know how secretive the video game industry is compared to the film industry. Stupid, yeah. If Guillermo, or what's his name? Benicio del Toro, sorry. Death Stranding's still on your mind. We know we have that (laughs) stupid picture of the dark universe of all of them sitting in suits. (laughs) Those movies didn't even come out. No, they're all canceled. That initiative's over. It's done. But we still know who they were cast as the second they were cast. Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man, so we didn't Um, have to look at him. In the video game industry, it should come as no surprise with all the secrecy surrounding it that many actors are made to sign NDAs, and above that, a lot of them are not even told what role they will be playing, whether or not that character was played by somebody else before, whether or not that character has existed before or yeah. is part of a series, and sometimes... If there's even sensitive material? Like, yeah. They, yeah, so bizarre. Like, they, yeah. Won't, they, won't even, yeah, they won't even tell them, like, hey, you're going to be like a racist, so yeah. watch yeah. out for that. Yeah. And on top of that, a lot of lower-profile actors will say, I'm sure the people who played the main three in GTA Five knew they were going to be the main three, but, like... Side characters, they don't even know who they're playing until they play and see their hear their own voice in the game, like or see the credits of the game. Like a lot of times, the NDA for who they are playing extends to when the game is released. So, like, they don't even hear. God. Hey, video game industry, can you stop acting like five seconds of, like, a footage of your game is, like, having the equivalent of nuclear launch codes? Oh, no. Yeah, it do- yeah, that is bizarre to me. There's a level of spoilers that can be managed by people that mm-hmm. it's, it's like, not even, you know, it, well i mean that too but also it's just like you ever notice how like it's so easy to look up the budget of any film and how well it did yeah that's all public. video games yeah video games don't work like that like yeah. you like unless they make an announcement of of any of that stuff it's, it's yeah. just ridiculous i don't know yeah you're okay. not gonna get that unless rockstar look at how much money we made <laughs> well no that's the thing if your game does really well then a publisher will come out and be like yo we sold fucking x many copies yeah, but yeah. if a game doesn't do well they're not gonna be like uh, our game sold this much. Like they're they're not gonna say that. Yeah. Like just like they're not gonna say we went over budget and like you know or whatever. Now, now that those three points are laid out, let me tell you that that's what makes the stupid podcast so hard to research for. <laughs> so, yeah, September 2014, the interactive media agreement expires, and so negotiations begin in late 2014 to renew. But yeah, this we got time, Peter Dinklage in there to be the first ghost just in time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, This time, the actors aren't just re-signing the thing. They're not backing down now. So here is their plan for how to handle those three points that I just laid out. Number one, performance bonuses. Actors want an additional $825 a session. Basically, they want to be paid double per session. For every four-hour session they did, for every two million copies of a game is sold, up to eight million copies. That so seems That is a fair. lot of text. And it but stops at eight million? Basically, think about it like this. If it took 40 hours for Troy Baker to record his thing in Death Stranding, mm-hmm. he made whatever 825 is times 40 
for that. He wants like another four thousand dollars per four yeah. hours if he the game wants, makes a bunch. He of wants sixteen hundred and fifty dollars per session if the game sells two million copies, and then he wants twenty four hundred dollars if the game sells four million copies, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. All right. Yeah. Per session. So those ten sessions, you know. They just want it to scale with the game's profitability. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I just think it's interesting that it stops at eight million. Like that doesn't really curb like the GTA problem, you know? No, but yeah. it's something. Yeah, I think. No, no, no. I'm their, on their side. I just this was their way to kind of meet the video game industry in the middle. Right. I guess and they as didn't. We'll find out. That does not mean them in the middle, <laughs> because there is no middle. Yeah. No, they set their expectations in a more realistic way. I, I get it. Yeah. But... Problem number two: the vocally stressful roles stipulation. A screaming clause. Um, a division in SAG-AFTRA would be developed to evaluate any vocal injuries that actors would sustain. They would get paid hazard pay if they sustained these industries. And they even threatened to get OSHA involved if the video game industry didn't mm. meet them on this demand. Because having OSHA involved is obviously having the government involved, which is a lot worse than just paying somebody an extra couple hundred bucks if they stress out their throat, you know? Well, yeah, right, if you're a yeah. capitalist, you don't want the government involved. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And lastly, the third one on the transparency issue, they wanted regulations in place to allow actors who sign NDAs to be provided with any details and have any of their questions about the role answered, but to sign an NDA to maintain the secrecy. Yeah, when that you is said absolutely that, fair. Yeah, when you said that, I was curious. It's like, if you don't tell you the character what kind of, like, how you can arguably get a better performance out of somebody. No, totally. You can't prepare for the role, like, in yeah, a lot of the cases. Yeah, you're this character. You have this history. Okay, cool. Then make them sign an NDA. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. As opposed to actors who have a full understanding of their character's motivations before they... Yeah. How long do they have to comply on this? Like, I guess, like... It... There's no time limit. So, they started before the agreement expired. Okay. By the time the agreement expired, no new agreement was reached. <laughs> that really was all asking too much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Many actors continued to work under the old agreement in good faith that one would be reached. You know, there was like a, a like a behind-the-scenes handshake thing like, hey, I'll keep working on fucking Call of Duty 18 or whatever. Um, <laughs> just, you know, if we renegotiate new terms and you're supposed to pay me more, you're going to pay me more, right? Yeah. And the, the big game guys are like, yeah, sure. <laughs> that didn't happen. So that's the end of 2014. Additional meetings were held in February of 2015 and June in 2015. Again, both of those not proving any fruitful at all. <sighs> Great. Uh, no agreement reached. We're going to fast forward a little bit to September 2015, which is the one-year mark. We have now had one year without any agreement I think over at the end, Call of Duty Infinite Studios, Kevin Spacey's like, my fellow, we're all friends here. Come on, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get it done. It was Advanced Warfare. Oh, yeah, Advanced Chris. Warfare, that's right. Uh, <laughs> when did that one come out? Before 2015, right? That's I think it was 2014. It was 2014. Yeah, because okay. it was Ghost was the... Well, that's the thing I find okay. interesting about this timeline here is that, like, this is all at the launch of the last generation, and then now games are hitting their stride and becoming bigger. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is the console generation switch Overs around this yeah, era, right? Because yeah. so, wasn't this Xbox One came out when? 2015. The right? end of 2013. 2013. Yeah. PS4, right, yeah. I think, was only a week apart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then and the any Switch... game that had been coming out, any launch titles had long been, you know, yeah. worked. Yeah. yeah. So then, all the cross gen so. stuff was starting to disappear around yeah. this time. Anything that's going to be major coming out for the next three years is being made right now. Yes. And yeah. anything getting announced at this time, you yeah. know, like, mm -hmm. for sure. SAG AFTRA? came out in September 2015 and basically said, hey, look, everybody, negotiations, they're not going well. 
Hmm. And they are quoted as saying that publishers' demands were, quote, crazy and outrageous. (laughs) So... Because of these crazy and outrageous demands by the publishers, the union authorized a vote for a strike, where all of the members of SAG-AFTRA, who were a part of this specific branch of it for video game voice acting, voted as to whether or not they were going to strike. 96% voted yes. That's a large percent. Fucking A. But the strike didn't begin. For those of you that don't know, the way it works is they voted for the strike, so they now have authorization from their members to issue a strike, yeah. but that's like a bargaining chip in itself. Yeah, because it's like, like we voted, we can be like, we can strike at any time. Now let's renegotiate. Yeah, or else. Mm. Yeah, it's like or else. Yeah. Okay. So negotiations continued into 2016 again with more people continuing to work on this this good faith system. And no strike yet. And with this bargaining chip of a looming strike, negotiations began to move forward just a little bit. One of these was SAG-AFTRA and the video game industry obviously were like, well, we can't pay you that much money extra residuals if it's like a lower budget game. So SAG-AFTRA created a special clause within this residuals thing for lower budget indie games with budgets lower than $250,000. Yes, but those games, if they still became that... Pro- it doesn't matter what the fucking budget is. It's the profit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking to get residuals from massive amounts of profits. I think the idea being like, if your game costs $15... And you sell 8 million copies, you should... Okay. Yeah. All right, I understand that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I guess it's just... it's Because you're right. It's not based off of no, the number of profits, based off the number of copies. It's just confusing. Okay. So it's like Minecraft's the best-selling game in the world, and, and they've never charged more than $20 for it, or yeah. $30 for it, or whatever. And it's like... A budget lower than $250,000, it's like... That's actually... I, I mean, I don't know how much a lot of indie games cost, but... Because now people throw out the term triple I or whatever, where yeah. like indie games have larger budgets, but just aren't giant budgets, but yeah, getting fixated on I the guess, production part of it is yeah. kind of... This it should be focused more on the profits than the copies, yeah. and it's a little bit harder to the, I think the way this worked is that. like a session and a half's worth of pay, or like half a session's worth of pay, so if it was $825, you could make like an extra $400 per session for every 500,000 copies the game sold, up to $2 million. That was like the indie uh, They just scaled it for that. They just scaled it down. It's crazy how just stuck up these companies are about that extra bonus because it's even video games that have feature a lot of voice acting don't traditionally have super large casts you guys gonna you like, guys need to be ready to get mad with me <laughs> oh, in, ready like, to get in mad. a couple minutes because gonna... at the moment i'm giving companies the benefit of the doubt that it costs a lot to make a video game and it yes, does that is true we'll get there because, because... I, re- I remember around this time a lot of people were like as far as i know there isn't a union for a lot of artists and programmers and engineers and testers that work on games. That is a issue that is currently ongoing as of the recording of this episode. And laughable that there is no union of programmers. (laughs) Hopefully. Holding this whole country together. (laughs) Hopefully. If you're listening to this a couple years down the line, there is one. Uh, We might cover that in the future, but it's still very much ongoing. So, But one stride that was made was that $825 for four-hour thing, yeah, that was increased to $950. So they got a dollar more an hour, basically. <laughs> and publishers fired back with their version of residuals. They were not residuals. It still doesn't matter how well the game does. 
what the publishers wanted to do was a sliding bonus based on basically how important you were to the game. So, like, you get paid okay. $900 or whatever for every four-hour session, right? But if you're in there for four or less hours and you're only you're a small bit part, you get, like, a $50 bonus. If you're Troy Baker in The Last of Us or Ashley Johnson in The Last of Us yeah. and you're in there for eight or more sessions, you get paid for an additional session as a bonus. Okay. That was their counteroffer. Shit. Yeah, that doesn't... And, and their whole thing was like, you're getting paid more if you do a lot of work. I don't understand. They're like, we don't care about getting paid more if we do a lot of work. We care about getting paid more for doing important work. If your game does really well... I just recently replayed that game, Pay Them More. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's interesting, too, because it's like, I wonder how these sessions work in the sense of like, we've all recorded as musicians, and it's funny because it's like, the quicker we can get better takes... I don't know. Like, I wonder if that's oh, the same. Oh, sure, it could be a slog sometimes. Yeah. No, but it absolutely can. I, I just more mean, like, for I think the idea a lot of performers. Is, I think it's to... supposed to be, like, the only hazard thing they have is, like, you need to rest your voice. So I think it's divided into four-hour sessions so that they don't have to yell for no, no, 12 no, no. That makes hours. That makes perfect sense. And obviously, like, you look at, you know, Google GTA Five script, and it's like... Oh, God, you see the... the, the it's it, thicker the, than yeah. this can of... The cider I'm <laughs> yeah, drinking is tall. It, yeah. So obviously is, that wasn't eight or more sessions thing, for sure. It's but like, dumb. Yeah, it's, it is, and this it's is something crazy. they talk about. I think on Harmontown he talked about how, or he had a, somebody in gaming talking about how. I know he's a Fallout fan, in so there's future, huge scripts for those In too. future, like, let's say VR advanced along the route that we want it to versus the way it is going. Yeah. Let's say you have those games. What makes those games so good is environmental shit. So yeah. think about yeah. how much of that GTA script dialogue is. You're just walking down the street and there's some guy on the phone like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it totally. passes. That's still fucking full well, on a, voice. Well, that's a, still a guy well, recording like, still all that. Like, yeah. It's not just nothing. No, you know? you're 100% right. Because when I say it's dumb, I'm more meant it's dumb when you just see this big oh, no, packet. I know, I know, I know and, what you meant. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not dumb. It's brilliant because it's this huge stack of all the things that they need recorded vocally. It's like you have your story and all your cutscenes, but then there are the NPC dialogue that you just said, and then there's yeah. there's all this optional side oh, quest yeah. stuff. There's like the, with Fallout. Yeah, Skyrim. there's like that and, guy who plays the Dark Elf in every yeah. fucking. Uh, he's the same. I know the guy. Yeah. He talks to the bartender in the one town in uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever Ulfric there's, City there's is. All but the he's in, been in every Elder Scrolls game. He does several oh, voices in, in all those games. <laughs> yeah, you recognize his voice. Like yeah. I'm serious. Because like, there's because there's tons of voice acting in we've played hundreds of hours of all these games we probably there's tons of voice acting we probably have never even heard because it's all circumstantial oh, okay. I don't even know that guy's yeah. name I was just talking yeah. about but I can tell you his <laughs> yeah, voice yeah it's like when I you look it. at Red Dead it's like if there are areas of the map you don't explore like they could open up a new entire quest lines that you may yeah. not ever that's see that's the whole point of that movie I know that voice is like you don't know who the fuck totally. these people are yeah. but you, yeah. Yeah. Like, think you know of, their think voices think about the hours of that GTA 5 packet that were dedicated solely to what they needed recorded for the radio stations yeah you know, of oh, just all of the all interviews and Henry fake ass. Henry fucking yeah. in there. Like, you know, like, they yeah. have, like, all these different fucking people they got yeah. to, like, do these things. Yeah, yeah and if you don't like country, then, you you know, there's, like, a hundred pages of that they packet just that you're never going to yeah. hear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've yeah. never listened to any percent of those radio stations. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And there's so much shit. And they're fucking great if yeah. you do. Sidebar, we don't have to keep this in. I just want to tell you guys why we have the momentum of funny voice acting moments in GTA. <laughs> 
Best moment I've ever had in Grand Theft Auto was a random occurrence, and it's <laughs> I had it recorded and I fucking lost because Xbox saves over old videos. Do they really? On. Yeah. yeah. Did oh not shit! Know that. I gotta make sure uh, I didn't lose yeah. something. Like because I want if you like save it and like edit yeah, it, it'll yeah. stay there, but not if you just leave oh, it as no. recorded. Yeah, I've lost so many good. I videos. gotta go back. Yeah. Um, it's a first person video. I just died. I wake up. I look at my phone. I'm somewhere in like the northern desert area. I look at my phone. Doop, boop, boop. Put it down. A guy on a fucking four wheeler is riding down the street in a cop car. <laughs> Smashes into him, fucking rails him, kills him. Both the cops get out with their guns drawn and run over to him. Go, oh, dead as hell. <laughs> All right, let's get a beer. And then they get in their car and drive away. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? It was such a. I recorded immediately. Like, it's just such like a. <laughs> That could have happened. What are the chances of that? Yeah, like, yeah, happening you might have like never that. heard that dialogue yeah, exactly. ever. Yeah. 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 Dead as hell. Let's get a beer. <laughs> and they just drive away. Uh, they, they, there's even a lot of dialogue uh, written in a lot of these games that are so specific. It's only if the player reacts to a certain situation in a Fucking particular a. way. Like, yeah, like well, I yeah, know I mean, all that... you sissies out there never pick the bad dialogue options. So what happened to those five hours of work? <laughs> Do you remember the Outer World says like like people are talking about what the playthroughs are if you make your character super dumb <laughs> and apparently it's hilarious. There's just yeah. all, like all the characters that have to be rewritten to like <laughs> try and dumb things down for you or just ign- like or just they just don't bother because they're, you're too stupid to understand that's funny. Yeah. I, was like, I mean that's- if you think about the interaction you were talking about like that's just for if a cop hits and kills a civilian yes which that's i'm sure happens a lot in gta but-, but like yes in gta yes yeah but they probably have multiple like it's probably not the same one oh, too. oh yeah not in the real yeah. world no never no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. oh no, wait exactly. i just got yeah also yes there's probably multiple there's yeah. probably different cops from these were the cops of the sheriffs in yeah. the dusty in part of the town, not in the fucking yeah. southern, yeah. you know, in the city. Even the know? chatter, the police chatter is like, if you ever listen to that game, is very specific to what you're doing and where you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. they'll tell you, you're on this road and they committed this crime, and you're like, that's crazy that they need yeah. it. What about all the people that had to learn Simlish to be able to do all those hours of voice acting? <laughs> all those musicians that re-sang yeah. their songs in Simlish. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let's do the rest so, of this podcast in Simlish. Yeah. <laughs> No. It was not about you. Know. <laughs> um, now, the industry proposed this sliding scale that I mentioned. People have tried to translate that, by the way. Because off of Simlish. We're done with Simlish. <laughs> now, the industry introduced this sliding scale that I mentioned because they obviously did not agree with residuals. No. They don't want to pay actors more after. They want to make all the money from, <laughs> what? The, from the game. And here is Crazy. how, ready to get angry? Here is how they phrase this. No artist or programmers receive residuals, and since voice actors account for less than one-tenth of percent of the total work that goes into a game, why should they get paid residuals? <laughs> we don't pay anybody fairly. Why would we pay <laughs> <Yeah>. them fairly? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would say, like, yes, give those like, programmers and artists like, residuals, I like, too. I like, Austin, your note here in bright red that says, maybe pay everyone more, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, yeah. maybe you we, should. We're already <laughs> screwing over everybody. 
Oh my God! Yeah, the yeah, system is the system is broken. We have yeah. to make profits, profits, profits. Yeah. Why will we recycle our profits back into our own workers to improve their lives? <laughs> no, and that's, that's a lot of companies that they do the thing to throw their hands up and they're like, "It's the government that's fucked up. We're just all a part of the same fucked up thing." This like, goes into the whole system of like yeah. sometimes you do get paid bonuses based on the performance of the game, but you don't get paid based for on how that well the game sells. Score. You get paid for how well the game reviews. Yeah. And then you had those instances where like they're like, if it gets above a 90 on Metacritic, you'll get paid an extra $1,000 each. And then the game gets an 89 on Metacritic. Yeah. And then everybody's like, well, I guess I, I, guess yeah, I won't go What happens when you're like a poor Tim Schafer who keeps making games that review super well but never sell well? <laughs> like... You get bought by Microsoft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, it should come as no surprise to anybody that negotiations still aren't going well. The actors don't want this fucking sliding scale. They want their goddamn residuals. Yeah. And they increased this 9%, but the increase of 9%, I should have mentioned, was timed. So it was like, we'll give you an extra 9%, but we got to finish these negotiations soon or that's going to expire as well. They gave that a time limit for the end of 2016. So... Here we are, now two years and a month after the original agreement expired. Negotiations have officially broken down, and SAG-AFTRA finally pulls the trigger and issues a strike on October 21st, 2016. There it is. The strike targets 11 publishers, who I will now read, and you guys will go, huh? A couple times, because <laughs> I haven't heard of all these people. Um, yeah, there's one in particular, or, or a couple, yeah, the, but this one. Like, yeah. Electronic Arts. I know them. WB Games. I know them. Disney. Yeah. Activision. Mm -hmm. Blind Light. <laughs> Discovery. Uh, the channel. Like the... Like, I think so. Okay. Formosa Interactive. I think some of uh, these are for voice actors who aren't in games. It might be voice actors who are in, like, cartoons or something. Is Discovery people who voiceovers for... Like, documentaries and shit, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Insomniac Games. Know them. Interactive Associates. That might be one of the least original names I think I've ever mm -hmm. seen. Take-Two Interactive. <laughs> Absolutely know them. And someone named VoiceWorks Productions. Okay. That, that might just be a company that, like, works specifically in just recording and producing VO. A lot of these could be third-party studios that house equipment for yeah. doing... That's what I'm guessing voice, voice over production is. Things, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Rockstar probably has a place in-house where you go and fucking record shit. Uh, but, like, it's not like all these It should be noted, people. I think Square Enix was also included in this later because, yeah. as Randy mentioned, life is strange. And now... This strike has an additional stipulation, which is not only do they want this transparency, this hazard pay, and this, these residuals, but now people have been working in good faith for two years. <laughs> and an additional requirement is given by SAG-AFTRA. Whatever the terms are negotiated as, you got to pay everybody that's been working in good faith since February 17th, 2015. Based on the new terms. Based on the new terms. Mm. That's a good bargaining chip thing, because yeah. that's an unrealistic expectation. They know that, but that's a good thing. It's like, yeah. all right, we'll drop that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You saw that a lot in the ESRB episode. Yes. There, yeah. There yeah. were certain things that they threw into. Yeah. 
This is when picket lines started forming. The first picket line was on October 24th, 2016, three days after the strike was issued. Yes. Outside of Electronic Arts headquarters. I remember this. Uh, There's pictures of that. With additional ones throughout the month of November popping up at places like Insomniac and Activision and WB. Voice actors are starting to spread a hashtag on social media called hashtag performance matters in support of the SAG-AFTRA voice actors union. And this, this got is... in the way of the small penis association who was also at the time trying to <laughs> performance matters. Hashtag performance matters. Bit of a mix up. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like this is when like the public is now aware. Gotcha. And here's the funny part. This is probably maybe around when it came into our wheelhouse too. I remember yeah. like once. Again, reporting pretty heavily on once this. again, thank you to the Internet Archive for letting me visit sites that are no longer up. All the publishers <laughs> I mentioned earlier launched their own website as a call to action to sag after members to force the union to settle, and it listed off all of its offers. And these were other sag after people that weren't for video games, right? Because the whole union didn't strike, just the people related to the video Just games. the voice actors, yeah. yeah. The strike was specifically targeting those companies I listed. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah, if yeah. you were a sag after member, you could work... For companies that weren't being sh- exactly. a part of the strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, here's a, some snippets from that website. On vocal stress, here's what the Publishers Association says. In key areas, SAG-AFTRA has raised a strike issues such as vocal stress and stunt coordination. Our positions are, in fact, identical. On transparency, enhanced companies' proposal by agreeing to additionally provide whether a role is being reprised... Or end and project code names. Disclosure now includes full and forthright description of the role to be played, must be given at the time of booking. To the extent known at the time of the booking, such as descriptions including genre, fighter, shooter, RPG, simulation, racing, sport, puzzle, kids, casual, strategy, length of performer's role, hentai games, use kids of unusual casual strategy. That's a good thing. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Use of unusual terminology, use of profanity, content of a sexual or violent nature, racial slurs, whether stunts will be required, whether memorization is required, and whether cue cards or other prompting devices can be used. Hmm. This seems like relatively inf- basic yeah. information for you be able to perform your job. Yeah. Yes, this, this is what actors know before they accept yeah. roles to anything. Also, when you say casual kid strategy, would, would that be the Mario I was and, thinking the and Mario Rabbids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> kid XCOM. Um, on residuals, the company's proposal is guaranteed money to performers who work more than one session on a game paid at the time the game launches and is not in any way a choice by the video game producer or dependent on the success or failure of the title, so much of which is outside the performer's control. Yeah, absolutely. So they're saying, you'll get paid more whether or not the game does well. Isn't that better? And the voice actors are like, uh, no. No. And finally, they're trying to turn the members of SAG-AFTRA on the organization SAG-AFTRA and saying, why don't you get what you want? Stop letting them tell you what to do. You make them let you vote on this so we can get this over with, which is the whole fucking point of unions is that you don't, <laughs> they represent you. Yeah. Like, cause this has already been going on. For- yeah. Now what's interesting about this is that unlike the TV writer strike I mentioned, or a couple of other strikes that have happened within SAG-AFTRA, the effects were not felt as soon or heavily as they were in those cases because if you're doing voice acting for a game in 2016, it might not even be out as a 
29 timing, of this recording. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it takes point. a long time. And if this is settled anytime within the next couple of years, people could theoretically just hop back in there and re-record their dialogue at the end of production or whatever. I wonder if that's happened with but some stuff. Yeah. there were only two instances where the strike actually affected the development of video games. Yeah. Um, I know this first one. I did not know the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Number one was in Randy's intro. Ashley Birch, yeah. a notable voice actor, voiced Chloe in Life is Strange. And when they decided to make a prequel to Life is Strange, known as Life is Strange Before the Storm, they made it during the strike. And as such, Ashley Birch was unable to reprise her role as Chloe. And the role went to Rihanna DeVries, who yeah. did a... She did fine. Okay, yeah, job. It's not Scab. That, <laughs> it's not that her performance in the game was a problem. It was just that the character was already so recognizable. She also... And, she is a scab, but she got vocally coached by Ashley Birch. Because the thing yeah. was... She Ashley was, Birch was very supportive. She wasn't allowed to be an actor, but she was allowed to be a producer. So she's a producer on the game, and she, like, coached her vocally. That's cool. Right? Yeah. And number two, John Carpenter. Yeah. Famous for making the original Halloween movie and The Thing, was set to narrate over a section of What Remains of Edith Finch, <laughs> uh, a game by a studio known as Giant Sparrow. They made an entire section of the game that was heavily inspired by Carpenter's Tales from the Crypt. That's fucking wild. <laughs> but he could not do so because he was also a part of SAG-AFTRA. <sighs> So instead, yeah. Carpenter just licensed the Halloween theme to be used over the section. That's I remember cute. that section yeah, too. Yeah, I was gonna say you played through that. Yep. That's 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 cool because he he yeah. doesn't give a shit. He did it out of solidarity because I'm not yeah, but he probably, he's a big gamer. He likes games. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he just did it because he understood what yeah. was fucking happening. Yeah. Right? John Carpenter doesn't give a shit. Nobody's gonna give him shit if he voice acted in this. Yeah. Like yeah. no no Troy Baker and these big guys are gonna care if he does that. Yeah. But like. Did it anyway. Yeah. Because it's important. <laughs> so, those two were the only ones affected, again, because Life is Strange is an episodic game, so those get cranked out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, they should, <laughs> theoretically. Shit. Before the storm Ain't the same got, with two. <laughs> before the storm came out, mostly with No, they year. stuck to their schedule yeah. for that one, yeah. And What Mains of the Finch is an indie game, and this was just a small bit part, so it wasn't like it affected it very heavily. It was just a cool little Easter egg that would have been in there. Yeah. But... We now come to September 23rd, 2017, one year after the strike starts and three years (laughs) after the original interactive media agreement was expired. The strike is now over and terms have been reached. To put it lightly, the video game industry got their way. Residuals were not included in the agreement, but that sliding scale bonus thing that I mentioned earlier was. The only negotiation that SAG-AFTRA had in this was that it was now... A lot more money sliding from $75 bonus for one session all the way up to $2,100 for eight or more sessions. Still, if you're a main character like a Troy Baker in Last of Us and you're working literally like two years on a game, you're making an extra $2,100. Not great, but... (sighs) No. Yeah. The agreement also states that the parties officially agree to continue to work on addressing vocally stressful things. There is no wording at all or anything, no rules. They just said, we'll keep working on it. So that wasn't resolved. Oh, and last. Sorry, I keep getting like my hopes up. I'm like, oh, they addressed this, and then you're like, well, not really, kinda. And then 
Right. Here's the only one they kind of won out on. This uh, is the transparency yeah, one? The yeah, the agreement states that new transparency provisions will enhance the bargaining power of members or members' representatives by requiring the companies to disclose the code name of project, genre, whether the game is based on a previously published intellectual property, whether the performer is reprising a prior role. Members are also protected by disclosure of whether they will be required to use unusual terminology, profanity, or racial slurs, and whether there will be content of a sexual, violent nature, and whether stunts will be required. Basically the okay. thing I read around. So they, they won that one. They won that one. All right. Now, that's good. a lot of members well, have said... That's se- funny. It's just like, how much does that matter for, like, a game like The Last of Us, where it's like, all right, Troy, you're just going to be playing a guy. We can't tell you who, <laughs> but you're a guy. <laughs> and, like, say these things. Well, I mean, Norm, uh, or Nolan North was a... A cannibalistic rapist, like yeah, essentially, that's true. it's like I'd hope he knew what he was getting into. I have to imagine Naughty Dog trusted him enough to give him that information. After yeah, no, totally. Uncharted after game, him Uncharted playing games. the most likable, charming yeah. character, and then they- but. A lot of the members of SAG-AFTRA were not too happy with this, obviously. They voiced concerns that residuals were not included, that there was zero progress made on the vocally stressful things, and that SAG had not really followed through on their promise to get OSHA involved, as they said at the beginning. And on top of this, studios were using non-union actors during the strike, and those non-union actors were being paid more than the new terms were allowing union voice actors to be paid. Of course, so you do. You throw the money in. Yeah, to clearly the these companies have the money to pay more. It's just this is how negotiating terms works. Small victories. They feared that not only was SAG-AFTRA not doing its best to support the voice actors in the union, but that they were not doing enough really to protect non-union voice actors. Like you know, if you think about like the fact that somebody could have been a non-union voice actor during the strike and they were making more money than they could have in the union, then what's the point of joining SAG-AFTRA? Well, yeah, that's the point. To, yeah. to not only, but that's the thing. They'll pay them more now because not only a is it a kind of a power move for the companies to pay them more because then it inspires people to not join the unions and then they can dissolve them easier and then they can go back to paying whatever the fuck they want, yeah. including horrible wages. Yeah. And also, b those people can maneuver for that sort of pay because they understand that the unions are striking and you go somewhere else. You're gonna go. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's not good on either front. Yeah. The unions addressed these concerns, citing fanatical refusal from publishers on a lot of these issues. <laughs> but, regardless of people's concerns, the agreement was officially approved on October 9th, 2017, and officially went into effect on November 7th, 2017. Hmm. Now, if you've been listening to Hot Button, I've brought up this story twice already. This will be the third and hopefully final time I bring it up. <laughs> Last week. There was only yeah. one notable instance I can come up with that the, where this has had an effect after the fact. And that has to do with Borderlands 3 and Troy Baker. Mm-hmm. Troy Baker voiced the role of Reese in Tales from the Borderlands. Great and, actor, great character, great game. <laughs> yep. And the character, Reese, is also in Borderlands 3. But it's not voiced by Troy Baker. Yeah. Troy said on the subject... I can't do a non-union gig. And without getting too deep into the weeds of that, we had a long conversation about this. We always knew going into it that this was going to be the thing. They were going to take these characters and put them from Tales, the Tales series from Telltale into Borderlands proper. I've been waiting for this call where they were like, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. They never called because they would never move from this position. I'm not mad. It's invariably a completely different character, but it still stings. Um, yeah. this, is, this is the one thing I couldn't really find any information on. But 
I believe he's doing this in solidarity. You know, he doesn't want to do non-union gigs because he's a part of the union. And he's a very well-known yes. yeah. performer. Well, and that's this. good. That's responsibility for your yeah. your demand and your power. And having yeah. respect for your peers. And He is arguably one of the top three most recognizable fucking voice actors. Absolutely. Yes. As far as the power yeah. of his role, not necessarily the quantity, you know. Yeah. yeah. But obviously totally. also the quantity, yeah. you know. <laughs> but yeah, he says he can't accept work on a production that hasn't also signed a contract with SAG-AFTRA. That is not a rule. I think that is his internal politics because Tiny Tina, voiced also by Ashley, Ashley Birch, Birch yeah. is in Borderlands 3 and yeah. she is also a SAG-AFTRA actor. So I don't know. It's got to be his personal it's his thing. his personal thing. SAG-AFTRA followed up on Troy's statement with the following. We applaud any member who stands up for workplace fairness and the integrity of their creative work. It is a courteous decision to act in the best interests of one's fellow SAG-AFTRA members, and this honors all working people. So that, pretty, that language pretty much says he's doing it in solidarity, yeah. not yeah. because it's a rule. The misguided decision by Gearbox to deny their performance the opportunity to have fair union wages, a safe workplace, and the possibility of health care coverage for their families is unfortunate. We attempted to sign Gearbox to a union agreement. They refuse and disengage from those talks. We look forward to hearing from any Gearbox performer who is interested in the many protections union agreements have to offer. Gearbox then responded to that. This wasn't Randy, was it? I don't think so, but it's still kind of conceited. Troy is an exceptional talent, and we were disappointed that he declined to partner on Borderlands 3 after being offered the part. We wish him the best and hope he knows the offer to collaborate with him still stands. Gearbox is a Texas company and is bound by Texas law, which means that a person cannot be denied employment because of membership or non-membership in a labor union or other labor organization. As a talent-owned and talent-led organization, Gearbox enthusiastically works to ensure our pay and working conditions meet or exceed union standards. We also believe strongly in hiring local voice actors whenever we can, which is why we're thrilled Troy's career really took off after working with us. What? I didn't verify that. The that's Troy Baker had roles before Tales from the including Borderlands, including Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite. You know, a little like uh, Tales from the Borderlands Hold was twenty fifteen. Keep talking. I got IMDb to visit. The, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> there we go. His career took off more, but not after working with them. His career took off before that. I assume that's probably why he was maybe sought after for Tales from the Borderlands. Like it's. I mean, it, he... it just it, that quote reads a little bit like "We made you," which is not true. That's more the point. Yeah. I was... He was in Persona Four, which is okay. not a Gearbox. He was in a bunch of Japanese games. He was in Red Faction Guerrilla. Was he Alec Mason? He was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's in a lot of shit. I don't know exactly what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, Saints Row. Saints uh, Row? And that's before that, too. I remember specifically it being a big deal that he was in Final Fantasy Thirteen. He was a big part in that. Okay. And that was well before. <laughs> yeah. And finally, SAG-AFTRA again responds to Gearbox. Gearbox's reference to Texas law is a non-sequitur. SAG-AFTRA's contract does not require Gearbox to deny anyone employment based on their union status. In fact, SAG-AFTRA's contract does not require employers in any state to deny anyone employment based on union status. They say that. We are fully aware of the anti-labor right-to-work-for-less laws that help explain why Texas has more minimum wage workers than any state in the union. 
Employers in Texas and other right-to-work-for-less states nevertheless routinely work under SAG-AFTRA agreements with no legal obstacle at all. To the extent that Gearbox's statement reflects legitimate ignorance, Gearbox could easily have asked that question during their discussions with SAG-AFTRA, which <laughs> they did not. If indeed Gearbox meets or exceeds our contract standards in their treatment of performers, which we highly doubt, it would have cost them next to nothing to sign our union agreement and retain the original cast of their games. While SAG-AFTRA does not comment on member discipline matters, we observe that SAG-AFTRA members who work for certain non-union employers not only deprive themselves of benefits, they lower the standards for all their peers and facilitate abuse and exploitation of performers. Hmm. And that is officially the end of our story for now. <laughs> yes. That's the same gearbox that their CEO was accused of hoarding millions of dollars, right? Uh, I lost it. It's done, remember? Oh, yeah. That's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He hoarded it, but it was legal, so... Yes. Who cares? Just a little <laughs> anecdote while I was Googling real quick. I don't know if you have something to sum this up. I just want to get angry real quick. Get angry. I got something to sum it up, but get angry first. The chief executive officer at Electronic Arts, Andrew Wilson, made $18 million in compensation last year. That was $1.192 million in salary. So that's almost... One million two hundred thousand dollars in salary, seventeen million dollars in stock. And this options. is the year that a bunch of their games have underperformed. They bombed both critically and commercially. <laughs> seventeen yep. and a lot of million dollars in stock options. Great. Now you can say what you want about the way the world works, as I argue with every bootstrap libertarian on fucking Facebook about <laughs> if I make my money, that means I could be a billionaire one day. <laughs> Keep going, you fucking landscaper. You will beat the system. No, we're not enemies. We're friends. Here's the fucking yeah. deal. That's this guy made seventeen million dollars in stock options. With seventeen million dollars, he could pay like every single active SAG voice actor like another three yeah. grand a year, which is nothing to them. But I'm talking every single one. Not to mention just the ones that work for his company specifically. Not to mention the it's absurd that he gets seventeen million dollars in stock options and privatized wealth. Yeah. While these people have to scrape for. $800 and I, not, for their job. And I guarantee that motherfucker's credited on Anthem. <laughs> like, not to mention he could pay, he could use that money to raise the salaries of the 10,000 workers around the world that EA is fucking. Yes. Yes. And like, no, like, shut just, another studio at, down. At little studios like Dice yeah. and Respawn yeah. and now, fucking now that, Bioware. That is $17 million in stock options. That's not actually his pay. His pay is just a measly $1.192 million. How, how will he survive? Yeah. If he made $500,000 a year, yeah. which, if you gave me that money, we would all be fucking... Yeah. Just, we'd be recording this in a professional studio right now <laughs> in my house, and you go out there and eat sushi off of whatever kind of naked person you want to. <laughs> I don't like sushi. And he and I can't eat you it. Can eat, you can fine. eat fine. <laughs> yeah, you can eat whatever, <laughs> whatever naked model you want. <laughs> and and he makes almost a million and two hundred thousand dollars a year. It's just privatized wealth while your own personal product and company suffers is just yeah. unethical and unexcusable and only justified by people who say if you earn that much money you should be able to earn it well all right then i want to talk to him about what he did to earn all that money and why he's more important than the people who work fucking 900 hours a week to Probably. make sure anthem gets made in time because they're forced to crunch because their fucking game has no direction he was probably or he was probably born into it just like, yeah, like yeah yeah so 
I mean, you hit kind of on what I wanted to talk about, which is like... No, but I agree. First of all, this is obviously a battle of, like, the people who have the money versus the people who do the work, and... I'm not saying he doesn't work. He probably works. He probably fucking works sure. long hours. Yeah. It just doesn't mean he's more important than the people no, who work I mean, the same amount. No, I mean, we touched upon it earlier when I brought up... When you were talking about the sheer size of these developers and all the different departments and all the different people that do yeah. all these different jobs. They're not... They were not wrong when they said that voice actors are probably... Less than 1% of the work that goes into a video game. There are a lot of people out there that work very hard to make even the video games that you go on Reddit and shit on. Yeah. Or the games like Last of Us where everybody praises it. Either way, there are people working very long hours to make those games. And they all deserve to have negotiations to be paid better. And those negotiations should go better than the negotiations we talked about today. A lot of that work probably goes completely unnoticed. Yep. Fucking A. It's like the classic fucking, why does my insulin cost? a million dollars but methadone is free it's like no stop talking about methadone how about just ask why your insulin costs a million thousand dollars you know what i mean yeah, what's yeah. it have to do with that and like on a different uh, maybe lighter note like they are actively fighting against the legitimization of their industry you know maybe these voice actors are one less than a percent of the overall work that goes into a video game but there's a reason why people look at film with more legitimacy or television with more legitimacy than they do video games and that's because of the overall quality of the product and the work that the front-facing people kind of put into it well that's because video games cause violence in their toys yeah well yeah obviously (laughs) but like If you're going to sit there and and be like, we want our game to have voice acting and we want the game designer or producer to be able to tell whatever story they want, but we don't want to pay these people and we don't want to tell them what role they're going to have so that they can give the best performance. It's like you are actively fighting against legitimizing your industry in the eyes of like the art community. Yes. Yeah. I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that one union, even on the periphery of video games could strengthen the fight of unions within video games proper. Yeah. I think it probably would be a... Uh, I wonder how much of it has so, to do with that. Yeah, you because it's I mean? it's once it's like yeah, once this sack, group... Then, yeah. yeah, if you give yeah, exactly. them the sack, now, now I gotta give... Now these guys can't yeah. crunch? Yeah, exactly, because then it's the programmers, the artists, the en- the, the engineers and sound. I, I'm, and cur- the, I'm sure not all, all of it, but I'm sure part of it is absolutely yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why any union gets squashed, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if everybody unionizes, then companies have to pay people more, and then they're going to make less money. How no, you mean have? like 200 people are going to make less money. Yeah. yeah. But they have all the money. Forget sure everybody who's working in retail and service. And but then how are they going to get like or... uh, fucking private jets in their backyard? Like oh, guess John what? Travolta they could still and also do all that. <laughs> yeah. it's just They the... just want the mountains because yeah, but how many private jets could they buy in this new <laughs> no, system? No, they won't be happy until you have less. God. That's how it works. Yes. Yeah, because if it's, you have a bunch a, yeah, of... It's not the fact a, that the seats in their helicopter aren't comfy enough. Because they the, could have comfy seats in a helicopter at $1 million, probably. Yeah. <laughs> they need a billion dollars because you need to have less. Yeah. Because my pile big, big, and you get out of my big tree. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let me do some plugs. All right. Uh, no, but uh, sorry, that was a good episode. I because yeah. it's. I think this is one of those things that affects. Welcome to Hot Button Serious Hour. I know. <laughs> a lot of jokes here. Th- yeah. This is one of those topics I like this that I, that I think af- affects a lot more than people realize because there yes. are tons of people we know and people we don't know who have played a lot of the games we've talked about today or games that were affected and may not have had any idea that this yes. was a factor. So it's cool covering stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to leave you with one thing at the end of this very serious episode, if you're out there playing video games, just know that 
pretty much everybody involved in making them is getting mistreated. Yes. And yeah. worked really hard. And worked really hard. Yeah. So try and be easier on them on the internet if you and can. Do it, and do what you can. If you if there's like a fucking petition you can sign, if there's some money you can donate, if there's some calls you can get behind, do it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And if you're in charge of other people, and treat the, them. At the very well. least, if you are out there and you play a game and you really enjoy it, maybe you enjoyed the writing in Outer Worlds. Find the dude that wrote The Outer Worlds on Twitter Thank him. and tell him that he did a great job. Find the programmers and the artists, if you can, and tell them that they did a great job. Now, he won't be able to get paid anymore from... Uh... <laughs> he won't, but, yeah. but he'll I'm sure, it. I'm sure... It'll mean it, a lot to them. I, I'm not a developer, so I don't know. I'm sure money would mean a lot more, <laughs> but he's probably getting shit on by people who are telling him they don't like that the yeah. characters in his game are gay so maybe like <laughs> go out there and just tell him that yeah. you appreciated his work or you could go on reddit and bitch about something super specific um, yeah why can't i see norman reedus's penis <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got the butt what more do you want penis oh yeah <laughs> all right anyway thank you for listening thank this you is, to everybody yeah this is the first you episode after our 50th yeah, After check out our anniversary, anniversary episode. Listen, oh, right. it's all right. It's fun. We had our maybe sound go guy back on. And yeah. listen to a bunch of them, and then if you listen to that, and there's any updates, you can listen to our yeah. 50th episode. We did a bunch That's of recaps. That's what I mean. There's, yeah, there's a bunch of yeah. uh, new information that we cover. There's corrections. I fucked up a lot of shit. Typical. I know. I think in the Mario Brothers movie one, I screwed up the director of Ghostbusters, and I said it was Harold Ramis and not Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Harold Ramis was just the star of the You movie. had your chance to correct that last Week. I know, and I think I I, I just <laughs> remember that is over. <laughs> you can hear more corrections like that, yeah, and more updates. Thanks to you guys for sitting through this real serious episode. Yeah, thank you to our sound guy Jason. We're gonna be thanking him every episode. Yeah, I like to think we finally closed the Borderland on the Borderlands stuff, which yes. there are two episodes dedicated to that, and it came up last week. Yep. So, uh. but yeah, thank you for listening. If you want to hear more, you can go to our website hotbuttoncast.com. Yes, there we have all of our episodes strewn throughout. It's just random links. Just click whatever. <laughs> and if you, if you want to know more on this topic, there are links that you have as well. There. Yes, and the Further sources page, no. which is, is it up yet? Or it, coming? it is. It looks dynamite. Okay. Yeah, he showed me. Yeah, it's the beautiful. As we're recording this, the 50th episode actually hasn't been released yet, but the World of oh, Warcraft sure. one was. The sources are up for that, and we'll be going back through old episodes and trying to source them if we can. But going forward, I will have a sources page up for this when it. I've is said launched. it before, and I'll say it again. Thank God for the Wayback Machine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christ. You can also there are also links on there to things like our YouTube channel, our Twitter, go our on Instagram, YouTube, and watch our live show. It's great. And our Facebook yeah. at Hot Button Cast. And yeah, I think that's everything Sweet. we have. Thanks for listening. Let's go get some pizza. Yep. Yeah.